Hello, this is Jessica Heron, founder and CEO of the Stella and Dot Family Brands, and this is my brand new podcast, Self Made. Are you curious about having more? More money, more friends, more fun, more passion, more learning, just more in your life? Well, then this episode is going to be for you. If you're curious about adding that more because you add a side gig to your life. And more importantly, I'm going to give you a simple framework of four criteria on how you evaluate if a gig is legit and if it is right for you. So first of all, let me give you full disclosure. I'm going to focus this earning episode on opportunities where you have a turnkey business platform that you activate. That could be a franchise opportunity as a retail clothing boutique, as opening up a gym, or it could be utilizing a home-based business or work-on-the-go business platform like the Stella and Dot family of brands. Now, I know I am very proud of the Stella and Dot family of brands, but I promise you, or I will comfort you in saying this isn't just going to be a commercial for working and earning with uh, one of our brands, but rather a general guideline for no matter what brand or opportunity you pick, check these boxes to make sure that it's right for you. Okay, so before we get to those four Ps, that's right, I've got some more Ps. For those of you that have read Find Your Extraordinary, my book that shares six Ps of cultivating your entrepreneurial spirit to accomplish more in business and in life, whether you're starting a business from scratch or you're advancing a corporate career, I figured the P framework was just working for me, so I was going to carry it in to the side gig thing. But actually, it really fits. I'll tell you what the four Ps are. Product, platform, profits, and partners. Those are the things we're going to take a deep look at, and I'll give you some simple questions to ask and answer before you select your side gig. Before we go into that, I'm going to start with why, because I think when you start a business, you're not really just starting a business to start a business. You are trying to start a life. You're trying to enrich your life. So I want to connect you with that why. Why do people add a gig? And actually, more and more people these days are doing it. Did you know 39% of Americans have a side gig? Meaning they're doing something, some kind of side hustle, something outside of a primary source of income that is bringing in more money to their pocket. And there are one out of two millennials. So half of millennials are actually doing this. So it is clearly something that I think is not only growing in popularity, it's just something that has been made more possible by technology, social media. And I think people have got a good idea going here, right? It's the you-do-you world where I want to do it on my own terms. I want to do it my own way. And some people are using a side gig to pay for extras. Some people are funding just living expenses, necessary food, shelter, insurance, those kinds of things. And other people are putting together a couple different side gigs to create a full-time income or working their side gig long enough to grow it into something that could replace another form of income. So I just want to connect you to thinking about the range of possibilities, because clearly 
this is a widely variable way to earn money, right? You can earn a little bit, you can earn a lot, you can work a little bit, you can work a lot. So we're covering the full gamut and it could be that you want to pay the bills. It could be that you want a play check as it's called, which is fun money, meaning no, this is not about earning food uh, or paying the rent, but it's feeling guilt-free about filling my cart at Target and checking out knowing that no, I do not need another cute notepad. It is about getting mani-pedis and not having to think about it, right? And feeling like somebody's going to audit your receipt because you've got fun money to add to all the other things that you're contributing to the household budget. But money isn't the only reason people go and do something on the side. There are other benefits to your life, like a new community. Have you ever been in a spot in life where you were just meeting new people, like going to school or starting a new job, moving to a new city? But there are other times when you're just in your pattern, in your rut, and you're not as exposed to new people. And that leaves you a little empty feeling. So sometimes people do it to expand their community or tap into a talent that is not really utilized in another career. And it could be a career they love, like a scientist who loves using their analytical mindset at their day job, but they have another part of them that's creative, that's about uh, something else that they want to express in another way, or they want to develop a new skill. Did you know that there's a theory that when people are falling in love, one of the things that's so exciting about it is that you're just getting to know a new person and you're just always learning something new and it's so exciting and interesting. But if you want to fall a little bit more in love with yourself and you're in a rut, it could be that you need to go do new things, have new experiences to love your life and yourself more. So that's another reason people do it. And then discounts and perks. Okay, this is a simple one to explain. Uh, I had a former colleague who took a job during the holidays at Williams-Sonoma because she wanted the employee discount. And Williams-Sonoma owns a bunch of different businesses, including Pottery Barn, and she wanted to just shop at a discount so that she could furnish her new home and kitchen. So it wasn't, her profits weren't about just the hourly rate she was getting. It was about how much she was saving with her employee discount. So discounts and perks is another really good reason why you might want to add a gig to your life. All right, so now for a lot of people, most people, this is a seasonal effort. It's something that you may do if you're somebody going to college, you may do it during the summer. If you're an accountant, you may do it not during tax time, but other times. If you're a teacher, you may do it during the summer, but not during the school year. It's up to you. Usually a side gig is something that's flexible, meaning you can turn it on, turn it off. So it may not be something that involves a uh, territory or a quota or fixed hours, but it's more about how you can earn money, fitting it in to the spare moments in your life. So I'm going to say, let's just assume for a second that since we're calling this a side gig, you are not ready to go spend $225,000 on a franchise retail boutique, or you're Maybe you're investing with a group of people that are going to go open a new uh, bar studio class or a new fitness class, but it isn't something that's going to be your full-time income. Regardless, you're going to think about these four P's to decide if you think this is a good business, period, and if it's a good business for you. Okay, P number one is product. And why do I like to start with product? Because that's another way of saying, well, what's in it for the customer? <laughs> and are you going to be an authentic 
beaming brand ambassador for the product you sell, feeling so proud of the quality, the value, the differentiation, the service that stands behind that product, the entire experience from delivery to a return that you're going to earn a repeat customer, a referral customer, and you're just going to be super proud. Okay. Cause you've got to love the product. You've got to believe in the market size for the product and you have to believe it's worth the price that you're going to ask people to pay. So do not think about how you sell it, which is the platform, or how much you can make selling it, which is the profits, and who you're getting in business with, which is the partners. Do not pass go if you don't first think about the product. Now, let me put this in a different context. When I was going out to raise venture capital or working with other entrepreneurs and you're looking at their pitch deck, and this is about somebody else gonna go give me money for this business because they think it's a really good idea. The first question they're gonna ask is, what is your total addressable market size for your product? Whose problem does it solve? And how does it solve it better than incumbents in the market, solutions that already exist? And do you have a long-term sustainable advantage in that product, okay? So otherwise said, if you are doing a product, um, you know, in any of our businesses across fashion and beauty, we've always wanted to make sure it's authentic design or formulations, proven results, uh, better functionality, better value, and a better shopping experience backed by quality guarantee so that we feel good about the business just no matter what. And in a large market, meaning there's enough customers to keep you in business. Okay. So that's something that you just need to know. And if you're looking at partnering with another company, make sure you just feel like you would be proud to tell people that this product at this price is totally worth it. And I want to tell you, like, beware of some gotchas, okay? There are good actors in people you can partner with, and there are bad actors. And one of the things that's ick, like, don't go there, (laughs) is when you look at people who have somewhat decepting pricing practices. And you know what I'm talking about. Like, if a company... It just seems like it's too good to be true, meaning, oh, we give so much away for free and it's such a good deal. You get this half off or this half off. Well, you know that that's not really true. It's got to be that they just mark up their product more in the beginning in order to mark it down. So just remember that a customer may fall for that once, but you don't want to be in business because you're duping someone. You want to be in business because You have authentic product to share, not ripped off design. You have real value in the product, not just a limited time only deal. That's always a deal, right? So just make sure it feels good to you. You know, check your gut, make sure your echometer is not going off, right? Make sure there's a good product breath and selection, right? Avoid niche categories with ho-hum product. Make sure your product is differentiated in a large multi billion, hundreds of millions, tens of millions market space um, for whatever's appropriate. If there's only a few sellers, the market space can be smaller. But if there's going to be lots of sellers and you're still going to be successful, it's going to be because there's a lot of potential customers for your differentiated product and service. So just make sure you're looking, if you're going to go earn commission because you sign up get a starter kit and start earning commission, sharing other people's products, then make sure you feel good about it. You feel good about the marketplace uh, and you've got some options to expand and appeal to an adequate 
customer base. So think about the most valuable companies in the world. Okay, Apple, Google, Amazon. All of those companies started with an expertise in a particular product area, but then they expanded to have multiple categories, multiple lines of revenue so that they could increase their value. So look for an opportunity where you can tap into a bold and innovative company that has efforts uh, to expand their categories because that's going to help you sell more to an existing customer because you're going to be able to tap into different parts of their budget. Uh, and also appeal to more customers in total because some will want one category and some will want the others. And then make sure within that product, you are also factoring in the programs that go with it that help you um, attract and keep customers, okay? Because that's, remember, we want to be in a loyalty uh, business, not just a one-and-done, one-night-stand kind of relationship with customers, All right, now let's think about the next P, platform. What do I mean by platform? That is the essentially, again, what's in it for the customer? What kind of experience, shopping experience are you providing your customers? And what kind of tools do you have in order to make that a wonderful experience that's easy and consistent for you to deliver? I think in this day and age, if you're looking for a side gig that's really an on-the-go kind of business, and you want flexibility in how you work it, whether you want to share and earn products because you are popping up in a community event, whether you are selling online, whether you are doing something in person and leveraging programs like referral rewards for trunk shows or other events, you want to make sure this platform is modern and can compete with every other experience a customer could pick from because rightfully so customers are picky and they should be with their dollars right they've got options and you want to make sure a platform that lets them choose you so what do i mean by that i really believe in mobile business tools that make a business easy for you to do so that means it's easy for you to find and recommend the right products to customers it's easy for you to track customer purchase history so that you can provide value to, in service to the relationship if they need to reorder from you, if uh, you want to provide them more videos about a product that shares the benefits of it. Whatever it is, make sure that you have got modern technology in your hand that makes it easy to do on the go. I really do think that's what people want in a side gig, flexibility. So look for the tech investment that makes that possible. Okay, profits. Why is profits third? Well, because if you don't love the product and you don't have an easy way to work the business, then it doesn't matter what the commission rate is because you weren't able to sell it. (laughs) So let's assume we've checked off product, we've checked off platform, and now we're going to talk about the pay and the perks that come along with your business opportunity. Okay, and this is one where I'm going to say, hold up, wait a minute. This is where I was scared to death to get into this space. (laughs) Uh, When I started a business that was modeled after a basically 100% variable compensation plan, which just means it's 100% commission. There's no base pay because there's no... Uh, quotas or territories or expectations. It's a you do, you get model. So that means that it's just a you do, you get commission. If you don't do, you don't get. Um, I was really nervous about getting into that commission space because the last thing I wanted was for people to have guilt by false association of old school direct sales companies that felt like 
pyramid schemes. I said the other P word that has nothing to do with what we're evaluating in our P's. The pyramid scheme fear comes in when you think it's not about just getting commission from selling real products to real consumers who have real protection, like easy returns, right? And quality guarantees. It's about with real valid product value and claims. It's also about earning you know, money from a team that can also sell too. What worries you when you hear and see that type of opportunity is you want to make sure that you're not earning money by getting people to sign up, by getting people to buy inventory, by getting people to spend money based on false income claim promises. That is a whole other realm of no-go. But that does not mean that all businesses that just pay variable commission are related, okay? So let's just separate out this idea of affiliate earning. You know that, influencers do it, right? You share a link, somebody clicks on the link, you get paid for your purchase, okay? You might get product rewards, you may get cash rewards. That's all legit, right? So that's that's basically earning commission based on sharing. We have an Affiliates Plus model that's totally legit because we safeguard the opportunity where we do not pay unless a customer has paid, okay? So you wanna look for just no tickets to Fantasy Island, where people will tell you, hey, you get rich quick, product sells itself, we have the richest rewards, it's so easy, build passive residual income. I mean, I know that the idea of having passive income uh, sounds good, but doesn't it even sound suspicious in and of itself, like you can be passive and you'll just get money? (laughs) Like, let's talk about it this way. If you add value, you get to, profit from the value you're creating. So that's what you really want to be looking for. Now, earnings that grow over time, businesses where you make money because you have an e-commerce element to it, where people can shop while you're sleeping, that's great. Of course you want that. Of course you want residual income because you build and enable a customer base that wants to repeat with you. And because you refer and equip a broader network to succeed, that all makes sense. But what you want to do is evaluate a rewards program by looking for facts, not promises. If a company is legit, they will have an income disclosure statement that just actually shares with you what people on average earn in their compensation plan. Okay, so look for that. And if a company does not have one, do not pass go. Okay, that is a not only a red flag, it's a stop sign, right? So do not go off of promises that someone is telling you, even if you respect the person, even if you like that person, it may be that they've got different incentives or that they don't know. But I am here to tell you, do your diligence like the smart, savvy person you are. The safeguard is look for and demand transparency with actual earnings, not just promises and make sure that there's no special deals that only one person get that another person can't get, but rather it's just all in the up and up, totally transparent. Also look in the profits bucket at any kind of gotchas or fees or exclusions that reduce your earnings. I mean, you know, deceptive practices. I think when people think of sales as icky, they often think of like used car salesmen where they have a loss leader that's advertised in the newspaper, like come and get this car. I remember when I was shopping for used cars, I would scan the paper and I'd be like, oh, there's the car I want. And it's only this price. It's such a good deal. So you rush down to the lot and it turns out that car is gone, but here's 10 more we can show you. Okay, when you look at compensation plans or 
programs that reward you. You want to make sure you're not just looking at the loss leader where it says it's not actually what's an accurate representation of what's available to you. Okay. So here's an example. You may look at a company and it says, oh my gosh, we pay 50% commission. And this company over here, they only pay 25%. You can earn double over here. Okay. Well, that's true if everything else is equal, meaning exact same market size, exact same quality, exact same tools, and exact same fee structure. What if the company where you earn 25% commission is a better value for customers so you can sell more than twice as much? It has quality guarantee. It ships on time so you don't pay fees to expedite shipping and take care of customers that are frustrated. What if there are no hidden fees with that commission, whereas the other one charges you for um, a rewards program that you have to pay into, or it doesn't actually pay you that on all the things you sell, just some of the things you sell, so that when you add it up at the end of the day, it's not as advertised. Okay, so just look and do the math for full disclosure. And do not say to yourself, well, I don't really like the detail. I don't really like the charts. I don't really do the math. Look, this is a business and it requires diligence. Okay. So don't go with the whole, Hey, five out of four people are bad at math. You are not one of those people go with a, let me just do some simple, basic math on. I sell something for a hundred dollars. What do I keep? What is it really worth to the customer? What do people get in value? And and make sure it just nets out and feels good to you. Another common thing to watch out for is that people promise you perks and they seem kind of unrealistic. Like we give away trips and we um, give away $1,000 worth of value each month of this product. And really the product isn't worth a thousand. It is worth something far less. The trip is really like a drawing and it's not really available to all. So just look for those traps. I mean, those are the things that almost made me want to run screaming from the building when I investigated direct sales in the first place. And in fact, I will confess, I don't even like to use the words direct sales because I don't want to be guilty by false association. I still have that hang up. (laughs) I want to talk about a new model of social selling in which you look at the pitfalls and gotchas of the past and you simply fix them. And so I'm going to tell you what those pitfalls are that impact your profits. If you look at businesses where inferior product and they're making money because they're putting inventory in your closet instead of profits in your pocket, and then they're paying other people to encourage you to build your inventory, that is a problem. Okay. But what if you were to change that business and say, let's do great product, great branding, and let's make sure we ship direct to customer and provide free returns and actually don't allow people to stockpile inventory and buy their way into promotions. Then that actually deaks that and takes away the risk. And what if you don't promise people that they'll get rich quick and they'll just sit back and earn money on these other people, but rather you say, hey, listen, we have an affiliate plus model where you can get a referral commission for referring other people that are successful and your success, what you get paid costs them nothing. It's paid for by the company because it's how we outsource coaching opportunities to people. Okay. That is totally legit. So, so look for those things in the profit plan. And then when you get to partners, the last P Um, that's going to make you be your last check for, do I believe what I've learned around product platform and profits? Are the people that are running this business, are the investors in this business, is the board of the business, do they have credible business reputations uh, where I believe I'm going to 
hitch my wagon or tie my reputation to their ethical business practices. And that means you believe in the integrity of the product they put out there. They don't copy formulas or designs. You believe they do clinicals and show the results for uh, products if that's relevant. You believe they're a credible business investor if there's somebody who's invested in other credible businesses if they've wanted to invest in this company or join the board. You believe the people who are running it aren't there because of nepotism or just um, inertia, but rather they're there because they've been hired for validated skill that's going to deliver real differentiation in a strategically important area for your business success. So that means you're looking at product people that have awards. You're looking at people with business degrees, you know, things where you feel like, hey, this is a person I would want to hire. This is a person I would want to trust. Uh, and, and, and then make sure that everything is on the up and up. And here is my simple test for you. Company reputation check. Google. Google is your free source, all right? So look around and see what the company reputation is. Now, let me just say here and now, if you are a company, um, you could Google a lot of crazy stuff because, hey, negative people, they take to the internet and positive people don't as often. And I have to say, it's kind of funny. I saw this internet meme the other day and it was a coffee shop and the sign out front said, come in and try, in quotes, the worst cup of coffee ever according to one Yelp reviewer. Okay. So if you're a business, you're going to have somebody that says this sucks or this was terrible. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about an abundance of claims that there's damage caused to consumers by a product. Okay. Where there's news sources and multiple articles of reputable sources talking about a company or there's a history of lawsuits, not just once, but lots of reputable people have sued a particular party. You have to ask yourself, man, if there's smoke, there is fire. And in a world of choice, shouldn't I not choose that path that looks pretty darn shady? Okay. So that's what I'm just saying is like buyer beware. And, and with that, I do want to say, you know, buyer beware, because when you're evaluating profits and partners and all these other things, I I do want to, again, let you know that like what you get out of it is going to be up to you. There isn't just going to be one magical turnkey business platform, business in a box, you open it and it works because you got there first or you got there early. It's going to be the hustle you put in no matter what, uh, provided all those other things are there. In fact, let's talk about that income disclosure. And another reason why you might've gotten concerned about saying you're in a direct sales or social selling business, because people say, well, look, a lot of people don't earn money and they're looking at an income disclosure in which you see that A lot of people aren't taking home a check or they're taking home very small checks. Okay, well, let's just back up and ask ourselves, why might that be? That's because when you have a really low barrier to entry in these businesses where, okay, if you start a franchise, that might cost you 225K to start. But in some of these other turnkey businesses, you may be spending 100, 200, 500 to start a business, even 1,000. That is relatively an incredibly small investment. So a lot of people can get into that and they just want the product discount. Remember the story I told you about the coworker who just wanted to work there for a couple weeks in order to get the employee discount at Williams-Sonoma? Okay, well, if Williams-Sonoma was publishing a disclosure and saying, look, these are the people that spent more with us than earned, 
It's not because William Sonoma was conducting some kind of fraudulent activity. It's because that was actually why that person worked there. So a lot of people join these types of businesses because they want a product discount. So they show up as very low income earners, but they actually got out of it what they wanted to. And in their mind, it's savings on products they would have otherwise bought, tax deductions, all the other benefits. Okay. They're going to be, you know, people there. But then you're going to hear other people that say, well, I wanted to earn money and I didn't earn money. Okay, that, let me tell you, if they're with a good actor, with good product and all these other things in place, you also have to ask yourself, is this kind of like when people join a gym and they don't hit their fitness goals? Okay, so let's just take Equinox or 24-hour fitness or whatever gym, you know, that is near you that you know, and go in and ask to talk to a sales manager. You don't have to believe me on these stats. Just validate it for yourself with logic or just a conversation. (laughs) Go in like January 1 and say, how many people, when they came in here today, signed up and said, here are my goals. These are my intentions. I've got to, you know, and you know, you probably filled out a membership before and they're like, why are you joining? And you're like, well, I want to lose weight. I want to be fit. You know, all all these things. How many times a week are you going to come? Three, five, you know, these are all the things I want to do. How much weight do you want to lose? Five, 10, 40, whatever pounds. If you were to go check back with the people that signed up and actually paid money for that membership, usually for like a year, if you're going to Equinox, it's like over 200 bucks a month you're paying. And then if you check back with them 30 days later, how many people are on track for their goals in terms of their number of times they're coming in and exercising? you'll find that it's less than half. And it is not because the equipment is broken or because Equinox did not provide for them the services that were offered. It's because they hit the snooze button and they went and prioritized other things. And so when you have a business that's 100% variable comp and it's totally up to individual efforts, you got to realize that an opportunity may not be broken just because somebody didn't follow through. And that's not me just putting it on an individual person or people, but I do want you to be thoughtful about the fact that this business isn't just auto magic where it's going to work for you. It's going to be that you show up. And while we, uh, I certainly know for our business platform, we want to put the easy button on as many things as possible. Businesses still require tenacity, focused time, going out and acquiring customers, hearing the word no, dusting it off, feeling confident, getting back up there, you know, all that stuff. So don't expect those other P's to just take care of themselves without your own perspective and perseverance. Okay, now I'm getting into the P's that are in the entrepreneurial spirit and find your extraordinary. That is perseverance and passion, okay? And that is all, and productivity. That's just a hint of the things that are gonna be required for, hey, if they're doing their job and providing legit opportunity, you are still going to have to go do your job and follow through. So that is something to think about in terms of evaluating an opportunity. Now, let me give you a little bit of challenge, all right? Because if you're even listening this far, I got to tell you, it is because you are curious about if you want to take action to do a side gig and earn incremental income. So let me give you this challenge. Don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. A lot of times the cost of startup is low so that you can try it on and then decide with more information whether or not you want to persist and really turn it into something. Okay. So this is not getting married and having kids with someone where you should be sure they're going to be in your life forever but it is instead saying, let me date this and then decide if I want to get married. So just go pick and go in this order. Do I love the product? Am I proud of it? 
Does the platform work for me and how it fits into my life? Where are the moments in my day I'm going to make time for this business? Will this serve me? Because you know what? I would have been on Instagram and Facebook anyway. So I love that I can do digital and mobile sharing with this business. Or I love going out and meeting new people. So I love that I can go do this and have a little bit of inventory where people can cash and carry at events, right? Whatever it is for you, think about that. Now I did just say inventory and I want to be really clear. There's a difference between carrying a smart and manageable amount of inventory with the right coaching guidance versus pushing inventory on people and incenting people to do it, okay? So watch out for those gotchas. And then ask yourself, are you going to uh, make profits? That's gonna be based not only on the plan and understanding it thoroughly, but setting goals on how much you're gonna sell or broaden the opportunity to others so that you can really earn in line with what your goals are and what you feel is worth your time over time as as you build towards success. And then lastly, partners, do that Google, do that check, use your gut, you are smart. And then just do that for two opportunities and time limit it, okay? Just take 30 minutes per business and check your gut. 30 minutes per business, that's it. Go down the four Ps for two different business opportunities, 30 minutes each, and then ask your gut, what should I do? If your gut is excited about the product of one and the platform, the way to share it, if your gut believes that this is something you'd be eager to, an eager participant in being a brand advocate, then go in and do further research on the profits and the partners, and then give it a whirl. Because oftentimes you'll find that if you've done your diligence, there's a lot to gain and not a lot to lose. Because remember, at the end of the day, it comes down to your action because you are self-made. Now, if you're curious about other people, in addition to you, that are evaluating incremental income. Maybe they just had a new baby and they've got new bills and they want more money. They need a remodel. They've moved. They want passion. They're bored with their job, whatever. Share this with them because they will be so grateful that you thought of them. And I will be so grateful that you shared hashtag self-made podcast and be sure to give a review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts.